I am telling you, in this ever-changing world, I mean, like, that's something they say if you, you know, the only thing you can count on it is that, that there's going to be change. In this ever-changing world, we serve a never-changing God. Yeah. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And that he, he knows you, and he loves you, and he's for you. And, and the message tonight is rehearsing his goodness releases his power. There's something about rehearsing what God has done for you. And, and, and he wants you to remind you of his previous goodness so that you can prepare for his future goodness. That he's not done, that, that, um, that you have a story to tell. And you telling your story brings life. Because you are rehearsing and telling the things that God's done for you. And when you have a story, that's something, that's something that no one can take away from you. You know God's goodness. You know God's grace. You know what he's done for you. And it doesn't matter how many people say that's not possible. You know for a fact that it is because he's done it for you. And, and that's, that's where when you, when you start talking about those things and, and you give a record of what he's done in your life, milestones, mementos, those are the places where you can go back and say, this is who God is. This is what he can do. This is what he's about. Look at what my God has done. And then it, it strengthens us to move forward. You know, the word says that we're supposed to write down those goals, you know, in Habakkuk. And we talk about that a lot. And, and, and part of the reason is, you know, of course, so that we know what we're going for and where, where we're headed. And, but also, I, I believe it's that second part of it that says that so we know when we get there, <laughs> that we know when God has done what he said he would do. And then we, we keep those. How many of you have prayer journal after prayer journal after prayer journal that you have kind of tucked away somewhere that, that every now and then you go back to? You know, you go back to a place or you go back to a point. It's not always just to hear what God said. It's not always to remind you of what your goal or your target might be. Sometimes it's to remind us of God's goodness. And to bring us back to that point where it says, you know what? Six years ago, you know, in my journal, have you ever like God spoke something to you? You're like, I wrote that down a long time ago. And you start tearing (laughs) your house apart to try to find that one journal that has that specific thing in it, and man, you go through the pages, and then you find it, and you, you open it up, and you, you read it, and you think, I remember that day when I was there, and, and, and I, there was no chance of me making it. There was no chance of us getting through. There was no chance of this happening in my life, but now, these years later, I know that God came through. Sometimes it's just to remind us of his goodness and his faithfulness. And in our life, I think it, sometimes we, we're very quick to let go of, of that. We've been talking about being thankful on Sundays and, and talking about being blessed last week and talk a little bit about his favor maybe this week as we, as we come into Thanksgiving. But in Psalms uh, 78, you know, God all through the Old Testament, as God began to take people from one direction, one place to the next, he, he was always challenging them. He was always taking them into a new place. It was always a new thing. And, but he always reminded them of his faithfulness. You know, he always told them, I'm going to take you here, but remember, I'm faithful there. And I'm the same guy as I was there that I am going to be here. When he talked to Joseph, or uh, when he talked to Joshua after Moses died, he told Joshua, listen, as I was with Moses... I am going to be with you. 
Why would he say, as I was with Moses? Because Joshua knows that story. He lived that. He was Moses' assistant. He knew all about it. And so when God said, as I was with him, I'm going to be with you, he could relate now to what that meant to him. And so as he went forward, he could, that, that gives him fresh confidence. That gives him that courage. That, you know, they're telling him, be strong, courageous. And you know, now he, can't, he knows. He said, I'm going to be with you. And as I said to Moses, I say to you. And as I told Moses to go this way, I'm telling you to go. This. I mean, he kept going back and forth to this place. And in Psalm 78, in verse 4, it's a, just a passage that reminds us that the story that you have that the thing that God's done in your life, the testimony of how he's brought you to this place where you are today, isn't supposed to stop with you. It wasn't supposed to stop with, with Moses. It wasn't supposed to stop with Joshua. It's not supposed to stop with you in your life. That the people who are around you and the people who are in your house and the little ones that are coming behind you, they need to know what your story is. There's a reason. Because it continues this line of God's faithfulness and for people to be able to see this truth that God is faithful. I think it's difficult at times to just flat out, fresh, without knowing anybody or knowing anything, really receive God's faithfulness and his goodness. But after you've heard somebody share about it, after you've lived in a house where God's mercy and his grace and his goodness was poured out and was flowing and you saw God be faithful, you have a better chance or you have a little bit more of an opportunity to accept that and receive that maybe than somebody who doesn't. And the children of Israel got in trouble along the way because some of them just stopped doing that. And in verse 4, it says, we, we will not hide them. We will not hide all those things that God has done from our children, telling to the congregation, sorry, telling to the congregation to come praise the Lord and his strength and his wonderful works. Wow, what am I reading? Am I even, let's go back to verse one. Sorry, give ear, it says, O my people, to my law. Incline your ears to my words. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings of old, which we have heard and we have known, and our fathers have told us. We will not hide those things from their children, telling to the congregation to come, praise, to come to the praises of the Lord and his strength and his wonderful works and all that he has done. For he established a testimony in Jacob and he appointed, it says, a law in Israel which he commanded our fathers that they should make them known to their children. That it's not, you know, if you have kids who are here and, and you bring them to church and that's great because they're in the clubhouse over here or they're in Blaze because they're, they're middle school, high school students or, you know, maybe they're over here in the, cl- in, the, in the playhouse where they're playing around as two and three-year-olds and those kind of things or City Park. Is, that's, that's awesome. That's what we're supposed to do. Bring our children into this place and allow God to speak to them. But you're with them the other whole bunch of hours of the day that they aren't here. And the job doesn't, doesn't start and stop in this building. It's not, it's not only our responsibility to teach your children. It's, it's your responsibility to teach your children. The word of God, your, your testimony, your faith story of how God brought you to where you are. And he goes on and he says in verse 6 that the generations to come might know them. The children who would be born that they might raise and declare to their children that they may set their hope in God and not forget the works of God but keep his commandments. And that they may not be like their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation that did not set its heart aright, and whose spirit was not faithful to God. In verse 9 it says, The children of Ephraim, being armed and carrying bows, turned back in the day of battle. And, and the reason, if you go on and read this, that they turned back, is so they did not keep the covenant of God, they refused to walk in his law, 
and they forgot his works. They forgot his works and they forgot his wonders that he had shown them. And I think the one thing being dreamless, the one thing of not knowing the story, the kid who doesn't understand and know what's going on, there's one thing about having your own faith, that's true, but you have to have something to build that faith on. And in my life, and many of you know our story, and when I tell my story about, about us being in Tulsa, my mom being a single mother, and all those kind of things, I tell it like it's my story because it, it was. She was the one who was walking it out by faith, but, but I, I, that, I, know, I know that story. I was there. I was the one in the dumpster pushing the trash aside to get the cans. I mean, we were in this together, and we saw God be God. And my mom gave God the credit when it was good, and she took the, the credit when it wasn't good. Why? Because she wanted us as kids to know that God is good all the time. That if something didn't happen, it wasn't God's fault. If something didn't come through, it wasn't God's fault. But if something did come through, it was God's fault. He did it, and he came through for us. And what it, what it did, kids don't recognize this, and they may not realize it. But years later, they will. How many of you know a whole lot more now than you did then? How many of you look back now and you can see a whole lot of things that mom or dad did well, did right, did going toward the right direction that you didn't see it then, you didn't like it? <laughs> there are some things that, that Pastor Pam did probably that I wasn't real th- thrilled about, but today I, I thank her for her, her gentle, loving <laughs> strokes of discipline that if you've been here a while, it's kind of a punch across the face and... I'm thankful for that. So, yet you have to you have to tell your story to your kids. They gotta know. Doesn't matter if they're little. Doesn't matter if they're big. You you gotta you gotta tell your story. You gotta have your testimony. You gotta tell it to your kids. Let them know and understand and realize God's goodness because they're going to have to stand on that as they grow up. There came a day, and you've been around some of you a while, and my mama had to say, you have to live on your own faith now. But what did she say? You were there. You know what God did. You know his character. You know who he is. You know how he took care of us. See, you know the testimony. You know the story. You know you can count on God. Now go do it. If they don't know the story, it's very difficult to do that. It's scary. Sometimes we've, we send them out and we, don't, we have not told them anything. We've taught them how to read and write and do those kind of things, and, and, you know, but we haven't taught them the faith story or the faith testimony of their life and how they got there. And you may be new to the things of God, and this may, you're just now beginning to form some kind of testimony of the things that God is doing in your life. That's awesome. Teach your children as they grow in the way that, that they should go. And as they get older, it says in Proverbs, they won't depart from it. They will follow it. They won't get lost. Amen? It's good. Because as you go through this life, you're going to face giants. Your kids are going to face giants. Your kids' friends are going to face giants. And Mm. when they do, they have to remember that there was a lion and there was a bear that they've already defeated, that God's already been faithful. Look, God was faithful here. He did it here. He will do it again. He, he was with you when you had to face the lion. He was with you when you had to face the bear. And he's going to be with you when you face the giant. See, he's done something in you. And in that, he's allowed to do something through you. Because it says in Revelations twelve ten, it says that you overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of your testimony. And the more you tell your story, 
the more God shows up because you are putting yourself in a position to exalt him. And he said, you know, if, if you lift me up, all men will be drawn unto me. And, and he comes to that place where you expect him. He meets you in that place where you expect him. He meets you in that place where you give him a place. When you exalt him, he shows up. And that's just the way it works. So the more you tell your story, the more you exalt who he is, the more you see him work. And then it, it, that's what the scripture says. It says that we go from glory to glory to glory. Not we go up and then down and then up and then down. You know, we're not on a roller coaster with God. While roller coasters in the natural are fun, in the <laughs> spirit and emotionally they're not. And nobody wants to live this life. We want to live this life that's just going, okay, God, we're going wherever you want us to go, and we're going to go up with you, and we're going to tell people what we have. We're going to tell people who you really are. We're going to tell people of your goodness and of your grace. Yeah, you know, and I think we don't, we don't recognize and realize sometimes how powerful those testimonies are. You know, I mean, the, the, the things that you have been through, there are people who, who are going through those things even now, and they need to hear your story. They need to hear your testimony because it gives them hope. Right. There, there are people who don't, who don't have any hope who are going through the same situation that you had gone through, and they need to hear what God's going to put you in line with those folks. He's gonna, and you're going, to have to, you're going to have to talk about, you're going to have to share what you've seen and heard. In Acts chapter 14, verse 27, it's, it's Paul and, and Barnabas, and they have come back. And we're talking about rehearsing the story, and, and it, it really, it's about sharing your testimony. You know, and it's a, but you've got to know it. If we stopped right now and said, okay, how many of you, like, really can, can, can from the beginning to the end, when you got saved to where you are today, do, do you know that story? Do you know that testimony? Or are you like, like me sometimes, you know, I'm like, it comes to me at the right moment. <laughs> you know, I mean, like, ah, it'll be all right, because when I'm in that situation, it'll come to me. Hey, it'll come to you easier if you got it all figured out. I would encourage you, take some time, sit down, like we did a couple weeks ago, find 10 things you're thankful for, yeah, yeah all that. But now, sit down and, and write out your, what is your story? You'll be surprised. I've, I've heard other people do this, and I've seen some examples of this, and they started off with like uh, three paragraphs, and then when, when they really got into it, they ended up with like 30 pages. It took them a while. They didn't do it in one setting, but over a period of time, things kept coming back. And then what they had really was, was this biography, not of their life, but of God's goodness. And it was, it, you, now you can rehearse, now you know that story. You can rehearse that thing. When you're in those situations, you can let people know. And in this particular passage in 1427 of Acts, it says, Now when they had come and they had gathered the church together, it says in this version, New King James, that they reported all that God had done with them and, that all that he, and how he had opened the door of faith to the Gentiles. But if you read it in the King James Version, it says, They rehearsed. They rehearsed for the people who were there the things that God had done. Why is it so important to tell people those? Because you have these moments that only you have had. They're experiences, like Elizabeth said, that can't be taken away from you. Somebody might be able to talk you out of some of your doctrine, but they won't be able to talk you out of your experience. 
And I know we don't like the people who come across our path that God gives us the opportunity to talk to. But you've got to realize, that was you once. You're just not liking the old you. Right? You always look smug and look down on those people. Hey, they came to you because you've been through that. You, that was you six days ago. <laughs> right? And you've, you've completely changed. You know, everything's... These people got to get their stuff together. You know, there, there, are, there are but God moments in your life. I, I, was, I was a wreck. I was going down the drain. But God... Something. I, I knew that I wasn't going to make it that my ends couldn't meet, that things were going south, but God came through. What are your but God moments in your life? Because there's power in that place. There's power in that thing. There's power in that testimony. If you overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of your testimony, that, there's two parts to this. And then not loving your life un, uh, unto death. But the, those two parts, the blood of the Lamb, we, hey, we're all for that. More of Jesus, right? More of Jesus, the blood of Christ, this grace and mercy covers me. And yeah, but the word of your testimony, well, I don't want to say anything. Yeah, but that's how you you overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of your testimony. Yeah, but I don't have anything to overcome. Yeah, but people around you might. I'm always surrounded for the most part as I go out and people come across my path with people who have been through something I've been through been messed up, been d- kids through different divorces and different situations and all those things. And I, I am just amazed every time how God brings the right person across my path because I don't know what to tell them. And what I want to tell them is, is or isn't going to work. I don't know. I don't really have the wisdom. But let me tell you what God did in my life. That's all it takes. You don't have to fix it. I can't fix them. I don't even, I, some of those situations are so complex. Your situation was so complex, you couldn't fix it or you would have. You had to come to him and allow him to fix that in you. So why is it that when God brings somebody across our paths and we're supposed to share that testimony or that story or that thing that God has done in our life, why now all of a sudden do we feel like we've got to fix it? No, just speak it. This is what, what, what God has done in my life. This is how he saved me. This is how I was healed. This is how I was broken and now I'm not broken anymore. This is how I was, I was bound and addicted. But today, I'm not. Well, how did it work? That's what people say, right? How did it work? I don't know. God did it. I had to give up a piece of me, and I had to say, God, you take it. You, you do whatever you want to with it, but I'm yours, and I don't want to be like this anymore, and I want you to change it. And you know what he did? There was a time where we didn't have any money, and we were so far in debt, and we didn't know what to do, but you know what we did? We asked God, and he told us what to do, and we did it, and a miracle happened. He took care of things, and people say like this, what would you do? That's what they want to know. What did you do? What were the four things that you did? I prayed, prayed like crazy. <laughs> That's what I did and was obedient. Amen. See, because people, want to, they want to jump on your story. It's not, it's not the steps of my story. It's the, it's the goodness of God that you have to get a hold of. Right. Right. See, it's, it's not that, well, we did this and we did that and then we did this and then I went to this program or I changed this thing. I get people who run around and they're constantly saying to me, I just can't stop smoking. Oh, yeah, you can. 
yeah, yeah, you can. They're like, no, no, man, I don't know. Yeah, it's easy. It's easy. You can do it. They're like, how? What do I do? Stop smoking. Amen. <laughs> look at me like, no, you didn't hear. No, you didn't hear me. I'm saying, stop lighting them. <laughs> if you stop lighting them, you can't smoke them. Amen. But I can't do that. Oh, yeah, you can. You just won't. Well, how did you quit? I just stopped smoking them. I stopped lighting them. I prayed in the spirit a lot. A lot. Why? Because my body was addicted to those things. But I found when I prayed in the spirit, I didn't have those cravings. So that's what I did. I haven't had too many people come back and say, that was successful for me. It's sad. You know, I mean, I have more people come back and say, oh, I still can't quit. I still can't help you. <laughs> but God can, right? My relationship with my kid's a mess. Hey, let me tell you what. It's not, I mean, what has God done in your life? How has he changed that? How has he fixed that? When that person at work comes to you and says, I want you to stand. I had a guy a long time ago when I worked at Harrison who came and, and uh, I, I like this guy and, and, we were close, and he, he wasn't necessarily a believer. He, he went to church, but that wasn't necessarily probably, you know, because he loved God, as, you know, to mark those things off his conscience. And, and he came and he said, look, man, my, my, my wife and I are like, we're on, the, we're on the verge, man, of like just splitting up. No, you can't do that. I know, I was there once. But you know what I did? I changed my mind, and I followed God. And I said, I don't want to be like that. You ask forgiveness, and you prefer the other. And just tell them about the things that Elizabeth and I went through and the things that we, the, what we did and how we changed our hearts and how we, I told my story. I can't fix you, man. I'm not a marriage counselor, but I can tell you my testimony, and it says that there's power in that. And I believe with you that if you'll listen to God and allow Him to work in your marriage, don't do the six things we did necessarily, but if you'll listen to God like we did, I know He'll tell you, and we'll stand with you, and we'll agree, and we'll be there for you. And they're still married today. Praise God. I mean, it's good, it's good stuff. I'm really glad they smile at each other, and they like each other and everything. I'm like, wow, God, you're good. Because they didn't like each other when it all went down. What are your but God, but God, but God moments? Do you, have them all, do you have them written down? I would encourage you, take some time over the next few weeks and kind of write your biography of God's goodness and His faithfulness. You're right. I just keep coming across people who are super sweet and have everything together. And Do you? I'm going to hang <laughs> out with you more. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but it's true. The people that you come across are the, are, are, are the people who need hope. They need to know that there's life on the other side of what they're facing. And, and God puts them right in front of you, and all you have to do is speak. It just takes being transparent. You know, if, if you're afraid that what you say about yourself is going to turn somebody off and make them not like you, you, you won't be able to share your testimony. There's, I've, I've not met anyone that I've told my testimony to that went, okay, I'll see you later. You know, the, people are desperate for hope. People are desperate for something that will bring life. People are desperate, and you have the answer. 
You have the thing on the inside of you because God's done great things for you. And he's going to bring people that are, that are so much like, you're like, huh, that's so funny. <laughs> I've been there. I, no, really, I can, I can speak to this because I was at your seat. I walked in your shoes. I've felt your load. You know, those kind of things. And, 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 it, and it's, it's so miraculous that every time, but, but when you begin to speak, it brings the anointing of God. When you begin to speak, it creates an atmosphere that pulls on that anointing because you're giving them an expectation of the miraculous. You're giving them an expectation that God can be God. You're giving them hope, not because of who you are, but because of who he is on the inside of you. That's important. You can't have faith without hope. And when you share your testimony, one of the things, it doesn't give people faith, but it gives them hope. And that hope is a place and a, and a spot where they can begin to build faith. Sorry. That's right. Keep going. No, you go ahead. I'm done. You're done. <laughs> well, you just, uh, you said a bunch of the beginning. I did? Then, yeah, you said all my stuff twice. Oh. So I just kind of feel I'm used to doing this by myself. Because I had an E there, and so I felt like it was my turn to talk. Oh, we do sorry. J's and E's. So we know when it's our turn. One of us, one of us, one of us does. I'll just talk whenever. And he I just keeps going, and then every once in a while, I just jump in and say something. Paul, you, you, and you may not think you can do this. You may not think you. You might not be able to preach a message, but I'm telling you, you can tell your story. God may not be asking you to preach a message, but I can guarantee you, He wants you to tell your story. Right. He wants you to tell your testimony of what God has done. Oral Roberts was healed of tuberculosis, and God used him how? In the healing ministry. Why? Because he had a testimony and there was power in that testimony. Yes. And when he began to talk about the fact that, listen, I was sick on death's bed, but God healed me. That gives people hope and they can attach their faith to that. Joyce Meyer was abused. But she's risen up from whatever natural ashes that life might have been to let everybody know, listen, it doesn't matter what happens or where you came from. You can be somebody and God can change your life and you can live a a wonderful existence on this earth. Christine Kane, I don't know if many of you know who she is. Uh, She's about 40 or so. Her and her husband, they go around the world and they they have a a ministry, A21, which is abolished injustice uh, in the 21st century. She was abused as a young person by four different men in her life for about 12 years and uh, trapped but got free. And uh, began to see people just like she was. And then began to share God's love with them and God's freedom and her testimony. And now they go all over the world dealing with, with you know, just human trafficking. You know, sex trafficking and those kind of things. And that, 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 that is her, man, that's her man. She is bringing people out of that world left and right. She's been there. She knows what's that, what that's like. She knows, she knows what, what that kind of abuse does. She knows how good God is, though, in that place. And she can offer those girls hope. I know where you've been. I know what you're going through. We'll get you help. But let me tell you about God's goodness, yes. about his mercy, yes. and about his grace. Because that's important. There is power in the seed of your story, of your testimony. And, and we're stewards of our story. Mm-hmm. 
We're the ones who God's given us this story. What are you going to do with it? You know, we, we talk about the talents. We talk about those kind of things where God gives us talents. God gives us ability. God gives us finances. God gives us lots of things that we are stewards over, but we're also stewards of our testimony. He's done good things in you. And, and it doesn't have to be, uh, a, a giant elaborate thing. Um, I was at a, at a craft fair this weekend. John told you about it on Sunday. But I was at a craft fair this weekend, and there was a lady in the booth beside me. And um, she was a cancer survivor. And she had it was she has a, a website, a, a place, whatever, called Trisha's Hope. And she is a five-year survivor. And what she does is she makes jewelry, and she goes to these craft fairs, and she just makes the jewelry, and you just give her a donation – and everything that she makes goes towards cancer research. But she has this banner. And she has people who are cancer survivors sign the banner. And I was amazed all day. Now, this isn't, this isn't church. This isn't, she doesn't have her Bible out. She doesn't have any of these things. But, but all day, people would come and they would sign the banner. And as they would sign it, they would tell their story. And she would, if they were six months out, she would encourage them, you know, I, I'm at five years. You can do this. It's okay where you are. You know, and she would, and she would lift them up as much as she could and, and, begin, to, and begin to pump life into them. And, and all day, they just sat and poured their stories out. And, and, and if they were farther along than she was, then she would listen. And she would take that for herself. There was, there was so much hope at that table, it was just amazing to watch because she was giving them opportunities to tell their story. And it began to spring. You could just watch their face. It began to spring hope on the inside of them where they were afraid, where they were concerned, where they were feeling hopeless. It began to spring hope on the inside of them because they were telling their story. It's a biblical principle that she's using in a common place. There's life in your story. It doesn't have to be you standing up on the stage with the mic. It's wherever you go and whatever you're doing. And, you know, I just felt I'm 20 years out. And, you know, and I stood and I watched her all day. And I finally went over toward the end when it, when it got dead. And, and, and I could tell she was in a place that I was at five years. It was like, you know, you, you come to a place where you decide you're either going to live life or be a victim to this, your, you know, your whole life. And she was in that pivotal place just kind of waiting for the shoe to drop. And it was like, hey, you know what? 20 years. And she was like, nuh-uh. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, really? 20 years. And she had had cancer about the same place in her life that I had. And her kids were about the same age that my kids were when she found out. And it was like, you know, all those, I knew exactly where she was. And I could begin to speak life to her because I had seen God faithful to me. I said, this is how I got through it. I knew God was faithful. And she goes, you know, I, I, my whole life, I, I came to the realization that I had been prepared spiritually. I was ready. Not that God did this to me, but I was ready spiritually. I knew how to stand. And she said, but, and, and in the middle of it, you could almost even just see her. She's, she, when she left, she was like, 
Thank you so much for sharing your story. It's just what I needed today. And that's the thing that you're going to find when you begin to speak how good God is, even if it's just a small beginning. She was at year five, but she was encouraging people who were at six months. You know what I'm saying? Wherever you are, whatever you've seen God do, that's hope for someone else. That's hope for someone else. You're giving them permission to expect God. You're giving them permission to release faith. You're giving them permission to hope again. When you begin to tell your story of the goodness of God, because it's not like it's, you know, a story from forever ago. It's God being God right now. God being God today. God being concerned with you. And if God's concerned with me, you know he's concerned about you. Because we're all the same. I'm not anything different to God than you are. And if he wants me to be this way, he wants you to be this way too. You get to, you get to live life. You're going to get to live life. You're going to get to see your kids grow up. You're going to get to, you know, have all these things. You don't have to expect this to hang over your head your whole life. You get to expect God to be good. You get to expect great things. And and in that, see, then, whoo, look, look who God is. He's awesome. Look who God is. He's a healer. Look who God is. He's a provider. Look who God is. He's a restorer. Look who God is. That's not describing your mountain. That's describing your God. That's where... That's where you see, you know, it says that signs, wonders, and miracles will follow the preaching of the word. And when you release the ability, when you give people permission to believe, you'll see God move. And it's not you that does it, it's him. You know, um, and, and I could have been there and shared with that lady and God could give you a word, talk to her about stuff, but, you know, Elizabeth knows that, that, that there, there are those thoughts that say, I'm not going to make it. I'm not going to be there for my kids. I'm not all those things. There was a video back in the day. What was that little dinosaur video oh that we gosh, couldn't I watch? <laughs> Did you tell her? I told her about that. She said something, and I said, oh, no, I was, I was talking to someone else. And I said, yeah, Pastor Pam, God, I mean, she was being so awesome. And, and I, I, they, they, they handed me Rachel and said, by the way, you have cancer. And so go home, and in a month we'll take care of this. And so I took my little, you know, one-day-old baby home, and we, you know, talked about having cancer and what that was going to be like. And Daniel, at the time, it was Land Before Time came out. And (laughs) he was like, The mama dinosaur died. And then the mom dinosaur gets killed in the beginning. He's running around, Mommy! Mommy! I'm like, oh, my gosh! (laughs) I'm going to die! You know? (laughs) And... We couldn't watch it. We still can't watch I still that movie. Can't, I can't yeah. even talk about it and not cry. I was just like, you got to take this movie back. <laughs> and he was like, I want to watch Land Before Time again. I'm like, no. <laughs> no, no, Mommy can't watch that one. <laughs> Mommy's not home. Put that in real quick. That's going to Grandma's house. <laughs> I can't watch that. But anyway, there, but that's, those are real things. Yeah. Those are real things that people face. And, and, and you being real and saying, I know, what, I know what's going on in your head. 
I know what you're facing, but there's life on the other side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Carmen, Just hold on, there's life on the other side. You know, Carmen, I, I think about you and your life and, 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 and the opportunity <laughs> that you have now to, to reach out to, to young ladies that, that, that have kids and, and aren't married and, and desire to have a husband and a, and a, and a family and a baby and, and the power of God and the goodness of God who, who puts all your dreams back together even when you haven't done everything right. You know, it, it opens up a whole door. I, I think it opens up a whole new avenue for you to, to be able to, to just open up your mouth and talk about God's goodness and, and how he was faithful to his word and how as you fed on that faithfulness, he, he gave you the desires of your heart. And you know what? That brings another woman in that position. I mean, you, it brings them hope, you know, that there's, a, there's another John out there somewhere for her. <laughs> Maybe not like this one, but, you know, it's uh, only one of him. John, you've got to stay with this one. Sorry, pal. But there's another one, you know, cousin, brother, I don't know, something out there. But, uh, you know, there's a Samaritan lady in John 4 who Jesus came and he talked to her. I'm telling you, you get in his presence and he does something to your life, and then you go home and you tell people about it. And, and, and it doesn't really even say exactly what, what she got out of that encounter with Jesus, but she got something out of it. And she went back to the town and she told everybody, come, you got to come see this man. He knew things about me. I mean, he knew things. So you could be strong for people, Miriam. Yes. Strong. Amen. The testimony of God's goodness and his, yes. his mercy and his grace. Yes. There are lots of people who need what you have. You're not just pouring into those little boys over there at the Kent house. You're pouring into everybody that you meet. You know, and when she came and she got the people and they all came out that day and they all saw Jesus, it says down there in like 39, 40, somewhere in there in in John chapter 4, it says, and there were many who were saved that day because of her testimony. There were many who were saved that day because of her testimony. And I'll just share this with you as we end. We're going to pray and And this comes back all the way full circle to what I was sharing with Crystal when she was getting baptized. In your family, there are people who maybe haven't treated you very well because you are following after God. You're trying to do what God says. You know, maybe you've made mistakes and they want to tell you you need to burn in hell for those or or whatever it might be. Maybe they make fun of you, they ridicule. I don't know. Maybe they just don't don't look eye to eye with you. They don't see themselves in the same... Who knows what's going on in those situations? I would encourage you... Continue to live the life of faith. Continue to talk about God's goodness. Continue to share your story and your testimony. Because that is going to break down a barrier and a wall somewhere in their life. And I know this is true. I know this is true. In our family, and you all know Pastor Pam and Pastor Bill, but especially Pastor Pam. You know, she, she came through all the things that she came through in her life, but then she had a real encounter with, with Jesus, and he absolutely turned her world upside down. The Holy Spirit healed her, changed her, delivered her, empowered her, gave her great gifts and things to flow in and, and, and opportunities and just, you know, she didn't know what she was doing. She just tried to be true to who God called her. And, and the only thing she could talk about is like, just like Peter and John. We cannot help but say or talk about the things that we've seen and heard. 
And she just would share her story and the love of Jesus and how good he was and how, and how he's no respecter of persons. And, and we would come home, you know, and, and we would be here for a week and then we would go back to Tulsa and then we, we'd come home again and she would share and talk and pray for people. And I remember nights and things where she would just, I was young, so I didn't know what they were talking about or what they were doing. It was boring to me, man. Let's just go play games or do something. But it, she was busy changing the lives of our family. She couldn't do it. God could, but he, he, he used her and her testimony and the things that she knew by faith and how God's goodness was true and that what he did for her, he could do for them. And now we, ha- we, we, we have a, an entire family and they weren't all serving Jesus. They weren't all serving God. They weren't all believers. They weren't, they, you see them now, you know, like years later when they come through and what you don't see is who they were back in the day. You got a great crowd, Crystal. You got a great family. There's lots of talent in there. There's lots of ability. And one by one, God's going to pluck them off. They're going to come into the kingdom. And you know, they're going to look back and they say, you know, because of Aunt Pam, because of because of my sister, because of my daughter, because of my cousin, because of, because of my brother who stood for me when nobody else would and continued to speak God's goodness and continued to speak the truth to me when I needed to hear it. Because my mom stood for me and continued to live the word. Because my, because my aunt loved me enough to continue to say good things and stand and preach the word and share her testimony of God's goodness and His mercy and His grace. I came into the kingdom and He changed me. That affects your family. Take your story and take your testimony and share it with everybody that's around you. Whenever God gives you the opportunity, definitely, but especially in your house whether it's restoration in your marriage or your finances or your health or whatever that thing is. Share it. Because I saw it when we were young and I saw it as we got older. People like my Uncle Gene. There's no hope for this guy. And then she wouldn't stop saying there's hope for him. There's hope for you, Gene. There's hope for you, Uncle Gene. God's got a plan for you, Uncle Gene. We're praying for you, Uncle Gene. I'm telling you, God's good. And Uncle Gene comes knocking on the door and gets his life right. There's something to that. Amen. Tell your story. Tell your testimony. And talk about God's goodness, His mercy, and His grace. Amen. We hope this message encouraged you. Victor Christian Center is passionate about sharing the love, acceptance, and forgiveness of Jesus. Learn more about us at victorylafayette.org. If you don't know Jesus or maybe you've gotten distracted and stopped following Him, I'd like to pray for you right now. The most important decision you'll ever make involves accepting the love of Jesus and His gift of new life. I'd invite you to make this prayer your own and take this opportunity to begin to follow Jesus. God, I ask you to reveal yourself to me. I want to know you. I ask you to forgive the sin in my life that has kept me from enjoying a relationship with you. Give me a fresh start by changing my life and helping me to follow you from this point forward. I accept your love through Jesus, and I commit to trust your plan for my life. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. If you've prayed this prayer for the first time, please get in touch with us and let us know. To learn more about Victory or to contact us, visit us online at victorylafayette.org.